Welcome to Central Valley Volley Talk, a podcast for all volley in the valley with your hosts, Kelsey Montagna and Kieran Robley, serving it up for you. And welcome back to Central Valley Volley Talk with your hosts, Kelsey Montagna and Kieran Robley. And we are excited. Uh, we have our first uh, alumni interview. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also excited to be back. We were both yeah. out sick. Uh, you were sick first. And, and then, then gave it to you, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I went out for a pass, and you, and I caught it. It was a deep deep throw, about 50 yard. Yeah. And then, yeah, I sounded like I had been smoking probably about three packs a day. Yeah. Wiped yeah. out yeah. for at least a week. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't think we wanted to podcast. No one wanted to hear our voices. No. With that. But uh, our interviewing today is Alexis Puki Gonzalez. We're excited to have her. She is a Bullard High School alum, where she was a three-sport athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a two-sport athlete in the same season, where she competed in tennis, volleyball, and then in the spring, she played badminton. Um, she's a tennis section CIF champion. She went on to play volleyball at Northern Illinois, where she was a two-time first-team all-conference selection. Uh, she graduated with a degree in sports management, a minor in journalism. And what led you to journalism? Um, I actually, uh, in my undergrad, was kinesiology. My master's was sport management. Well, <laughs> we should edit that. No, it's okay. <laughs> kinesiology, sports management, with the minor in journalism. Correct. Yeah. Okay. With the hope of... Doing what? I thought initially. maybe sports broadcasting would be down the road for me. Um, at this point, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think hey, the, I it's think possible. Yeah. possible. Get into podcasting. No, just <laughs> Honestly, I've thought about the pod. I thought up, uh, thought about podcasting. Um, I just don't know. It would definitely be like a comedy podcast. Yeah. Just like my friends and I just kind of like messing around. Yeah. Well, whenever you're in town, you're more than welcome. Perfect. <laughs> also, I didn't know I was the first alum. You, yeah, yeah, you're the first uh, we've yeah alum to uh, be on the podcast. That's so. exciting. Added to the accolades there. I will. <laughs> so um, after finishing uh, playing at uh, Northern Illinois, she went on and uh, was a volunteer assistant coach at UC Davis, and then uh, piggybacked and moved on back over to the uh, the winter area of Northern Michigan, where she is an assistant coach currently with Northern Michigan and the Wildcats are D two. And they just uh, finished where they qualified for the NCAA tournament. So congratulations to you and the team. And uh, we're excited to have you back in town to, mm-hmm. to chat a little bit. I'm super excited to be here. Right when you called me, you were like, are you in town? I was like, I just got in. <laughs> oh, and, I, and then you're like, oh, cool. Where are you right now? I'm like, I'm at baggage claim. I just <laughs> landed. I just got in, literally. So um, in the two days that I got that phone call, I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. We're, well, we're excited. We figured we might get a few uh, episodes out of this one and some stories to be told. Perfect. I'm yeah. excited for the stories. Perfect. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I usually just call you Pook. I don't even call you Pookie or Alexis. I think I was one of the first that always called you Alexis as your coach. And then, uh, well, at then first I, you said your name is Setter. That's just true. I always <laughs> called you Setter. It was she during, still calls Setter Setters. Yeah. <laughs> it was during tryouts, and so we were nervous because – um, we had a, a coach before and then my sophomore year robes came in. Um, and so we we're like, everyone, like you got to earn your spot back. Like nothing's guaranteed. And so she was walking around having these talks with these people and she had a clipboard and like lifted a paper and was like, I see you have a nickname here. I was like, yes, coach. That's correct. She's like, yeah, that's not what I'm gonna call you. You're setter. And I was like, sounds good. <laughs> Whatever is easy for you. I will abide by that. 
Well, you still are a setter. You're amazing <laughs> setter. It's, uh, it was great to be a part of your journey and watch you grow. Um, but one of the things that I think I enjoyed the most, and maybe you can kind of talk about your upbringing of, of being a three-sport athlete, um, and you kind of started off as a tennis player, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So dad was a professional tennis player, so I was basically born with a tennis racket in my hand. Um, and with your dad as your coach, you're having a lesson every day, uh, whether you like it or not. And so, um, luckily I was fortunate enough that my parents put me in everything. So not only was it tennis as a kid, it was softball, basketball, cross country, um, you know, anything that had a ball minus cross country, which I later found out I hated, um, you know, they're putting me in it and saying, you go for it. What do you like to do? Um, and that included instruments. They made me play like three instruments. Um, and as I got to middle school, they're like, okay, now you have to pick. Like there's, you can't play all these. It's not going to work out. Um, and I chose volleyball and tennis, um, at Tanaya. Um, there wasn't badminton yet. And then I heard of an award called Benet Brith where it was recommended for three sport athletes. And so tennis and volleyball were in the same season. And I actually was just going to play, um, tennis and, or sorry, I was going to play volleyball. Um, cause I was like, I don't know how that's going to work out. But the tennis coach was like, try out if you make varsity, or like if you make top six, like we'll work around your schedule. Um, and I actually beat the number one. So he's like, you're on the team. We'll make it work. <laughs> um, and luckily because tennis is an in, more of an individual sport, I would just have lessons with my dad and the coach trusted that uh, obviously my dad knew what he was doing. So that, that worked out. Um, and then spring came and I was like, well, I need a spring sport. And I remember lacrosse was going to, it was going to be the first year they were going to have it my freshman year. And so I thought about that. And then I kind of like watched some lacrosse and I was like, this is dangerous. Like my hands are going to get wrecked in the hands of the moneymaker. So (laughs) let me try badminton. It's a little mix of volleyball and tennis, right? It's on a court. I got a racket. I understand the dimensions. And, uh, I did well at tryouts. I beat everyone, but the number one. And so my PE teacher, Mrs. Teague was like, you're on the team. I was like, cool. And I was like, how'd badminton go? I'm like, I made it. I play badminton now. And so I just continued those three throughout all of high school Um, the cool thing about the two sports in the same season was that, um, again, my mom, God bless her, would drive Mm -hmm. me from my tennis match, which would start at three. I would play singles. If they needed me to play doubles, I would stay. But most times our team was pretty good. I didn't need to stay for doubles. And she would pick me up. She would have like a Subway sandwich or like a Jamba juice for me. And I would change in the car on the way from tennis to volleyball and Robes' rule was like, you're already warm. I don't need you there for warm-ups. I just need you there before first whistle. And I was like, got it. And so there were multiple times where that almost kind well, of blew we, up a little yeah. bit. Well, what was interesting is that we, we actually think they made the, the tennis and volleyball schedules to disrupt Pookie. So if we played at home against Sanger, she had a tennis match at Sanger. Oh, of course. It was completely yeah. opposite. So if we were playing at Madeira, she was home playing tennis against Madeira. So we were never in the same location. Yeah. And uh, I think what was interesting about, you know, being a coach of a, of a dual sport athlete in the same season was understanding that tennis, as her teammates understood, you know, we had a very mature group that understood that uh, Pook was – at tennis practice at three in the afternoon, where in Fresno it might be a hundred degrees outside, which makes what's the tennis court then if it's a hundred outside? Um, it's like ten to fifteen degrees hotter. Yeah. So she's coming from a tennis practice where she was just outside 
at 115 with that and then coming into our practice and like she didn't even skip a beat you know when she was ready to go mm-hmm. um we did have a few close calls of getting her there on time we were always we were always in favor of if the freshmen or JVs went three so that that helped us out quite a bit for sure to get us to the matches but I I remember vividly uh there was when singles finished tennis when you were doing doubles because you won a section title in tennis mm-hmm. in doubles with your partner Claire twice Claire Claire is that your partner was that her name yeah I played with Claire Jeremission and okay. Ashley Valdez I'm surprised I actually remember yeah. the first name that was, your good. that was a good pull yeah um is that when they couldn't start you guys couldn't start doubles until all the singles were done mm-hmm. and so you guys you and like Claire you guys would just breeze through your singles mm-hmm. and wait and wait and wait and wait until all the singles are done before the, you guys could go and zoom through your doubles match and then you could take off. Right. And I remember, I think we were home, you guys were home for tennis playoffs because tennis started a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And we were playing, uh, we'll rename the team unknown for right now, uh, to finish out our conference play with a C-Mac. Um, and we're waiting for you because it was going to determine if we we're going to win the conference championship or not. Right. And the singles were done. And so the last... Whoever who was last in the singles was playing, and they're just playing like this lob game. It's going back and forth, and everybody's just we're out there waiting. We're like, okay, this kid's got to finish the game. And the mom was there saying, "Oh, isn't this great? Everybody's watching this match, you know?" Because everybody's. And someone chimed in and said, "No, it needs to go faster. The only reason they're watching this is because we need the doubles to start." And then uh, finally, I think we had started introductions for the match. And uh, our announcer, it's still our announcer right now at Fresno City, uh, elongated the <laughs> introductions intentionally as we waited for Pook to get changed. I mean, they were long. It yes. was like, don't tell yeah. our secrets already. It was like, and outside. <laughs> yeah. Number nine. Yeah. A junior. A junior. Like any yeah. fact he could throw in there. On the other team. Like, I'm surprised he didn't throw out, like, fun fact. <laughs> They actually were born, you know, yeah. I mean, it was so slow. Um, All the parents on our side knew what was going on. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, any Bullard fan yeah. or related to, you know, a play or something, like, they knew what was going on. They were like, yeah, yeah, no, slower, slower. <laughs> Who were you playing? Were they, uh, Do you remember? It, it wasn't your team. It was oh. a different team. <laughs> um, but we, uh, uh, the other team thought it was great. They And they go down. They helped us out, actually. After they got introduced, they went down the line and clapped each other's hands and, and back went back. Down. Yeah. And so he waited the announcer just done. waited until they were done doing the claps up and back and then introduced the next kid. Oh, that's great. So that one was I mean, the longest intro. I mean, it was like 15 minutes. Yeah. It was long. And uh, I could hear, because they kept the back door open for me to quickly because usually they lock those doors so people aren't sneaking in and not yeah. paying for a ticket so they like you see like a shoe or like a backpack <laughs> had a uh, for the back door for me to come in so they knew you know when I was done all I had to do was just hop right into the roll call and so I hear him and I'm laughing while I'm putting on like my shoes and stuff because I know what he's doing but I can hear him and I'm like oh I got time I got time like tie the shoes get the knee pads we're good and I rolled into my spot right as he got to my number to like Yeah, good thing you weren't number one. Nope, number fifteen. So there was some <laughs> there was some time. And so it got to me and he's like, and you know, number fifteen. And I literally rolled right in and just like waved everyone. Everyone's like, Yeah, she made it. Like it's like, hey guys, I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm warm. 
So, but I think, uh, you know, her, her teammates, you know, as you're, you know, a multi-sport athlete and in the same season, you know, and being the quarterback of the team, the mm-hmm. setter who plays a pretty <laughs> important Significant. role. Um, just the, the maturity level of knowing that uh, she, she came into practice and was still the hardest worker. Yeah. And so it wasn't where there was any letdown of yeah. anything. So I think well, I can contest to that. Yeah. Because I was fortunate enough yes. to play against you and then with you for club and, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing the background so much, you know, I was just there to play volleyball. Like I had no idea the other sports you were playing or what the situation was, but I just remember you always coming in and going, balls to the walls like you were always always there giving 110 percent, like the most on the court and that voice your voice and just physically so it was awesome to be a part of that journey with you during that time too thanks yeah I think it's safe to say anybody who knows me knows that I'm competitive enough to <laughs> yes I don't care if I'm tired <laughs> I don't care if you're tired uh we're doing this 100 percent, or or you get or you should get off the Um, but yeah, so I appreciate you saying, yeah, I think that's something that I want to touch on a little bit is you were a two sport athlete during, you know, two significant seasons of your athletic career. So do you have any, you know, wise words of wisdom? Because nowadays I think there's, it's a little bit different. You know, people are saying I'm tired having the excuses or I have homework. I can't come to practice those sorts of things. So do you have anything that you can remember way back in the day. I know it's been like 10 years for us. Yeah, I just, I think, and, and sometimes my my mom and dad, I would kind of ask them, I'm like, why why do I like, it, it really just comes down to winning. I like to win. Yeah. Um, and I remember asking them like, why am I so obsessed with comp- like being in competition with someone? It could be something as easy as like, you know, how, you know, how many free throws can I make? And mm-hmm. like, I'm not good at basketball, but like I have such confidence that I am going to make it. And so I think it was just a way to drive my competitive nature. And so it's like I'm competing constantly throughout the day and that like satisfied me. And Mm -hmm. so um, for those that are like wanting to do it and think that it's a lot, like I'm not going to lie to you. There were days where I'm tired and I still have to go home and do two hours of homework before I go to sleep. But to me, it was so worth it because I knew I would look back and be like, I gave it my all. That was the most fun I had. Um, I never, you know, I would regret being like, oh, I should have done it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. no one regrets doing it and then being like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that, right? Usually, if you're doing it, you have the option to at least opt out, but if you never do it, it's a little too late to opt back in. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, to anybody out there that's like, I want to do these two things, but I don't know, try it. If it works out, nice job. If it doesn't work out, then at least you know and can say you tried it and you know that it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but for me, just constantly having the satisfaction of, like, competing at a high level with my friends is like the best. I mean, I'm trying to find something now as an adult, like what Mm -hmm. can I do on the daily that can satisfy that? And so luckily I get to play a practice and that's great because uh, other than that, it'd be like Wordle or like Contexto or something, you know? So, well, you know, pickleball is all the new rage. It does have a paddle racket. So it could, could be your next. And they're starting to, there's a professional pickleball league. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what I found at a convention? Was when you your handball too? Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. I was on the national team. (laughs) (laughs) How do we forget that? Yeah, yeah, again, that's a perfect example. I so there's someone that's in charge at like the USA National Handball Committee that's in charge of like scouting around the states, and so they usually try to because it's not a huge sport in the U.S. They try to target people that can have that 
their sport transfer into handball. So they're getting basketball, they're getting soccer, right? Because it's the endurance, they're mm-hmm. getting um, goalies, volleyball players that have like quick instincts to block a ball and read the attacker. And so they reached out to me and they're like, uh, we're looking for people you want to come try out. And so again, in my head, I was like, well, I have nothing to lose. Like if they tell me I'm not on the team, I'd be like, duh, I'm not on the team. Like, <laughs> I've never played this sport. Um, so I flew down to uh, Auburn University, which is where their training site is. And I was the only one that tried out. There was supposed to be like another girl and we were waiting for her to show up and she never showed up. And I was kind of looking forward to being like, what are we doing? We're crazy, right? Like kind of talking through. I had no one. It was just me and the coach. And he, you know, put me through three tests. It was like a throwing test, a sprinting test. And I don't even remember the third one, but I threw the ball. You're supposed to, it's like a little bit bigger than a basketball court. And you had to stand at one end and just to see how far you could throw. And I'm like launching grenades. I was like, oh, this is so good. This is good. Sprinting, uh, my times actually got faster. I had to run three sprints and my times actually got faster. And he was like, that was really good. <laughs> and then I had to do like a practice with the team. They were very intense and I loved it. But also I was like, hey guys, I don't know what I'm doing. Like maybe, <laughs> <laughs> like I love that we're intense and I love that. But like maybe like every now and again, like just be like, hey, do this. Or like, hey, whatever. Go here. Yeah, 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 yeah stand here. Um, and some people did and some people just could not even like they couldn't care less. They're like, look, you're here, so own up to it. Um, and then at the end, they're like, so how was your experience? I was like, this is cool. Like, I like this sport. It's fast. It's fun. And they're like, well, congrats. You made the team. <laughs> and I was like, huh? I made the team? So I was like, sweet. And so I called my mom. And I was like, how'd it go? I was like, mom, I'm on the national handball team. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, all right. And uh, I was on the team for a year and a half. I competed in a tournament. I went to a training, like a week-long training camp. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, that was think, a wild time. Yeah, uh, you made the national team in a sport you had never played before. Correct. Please yeah. tell me you Googled at least like a game to yeah. see what it was. Yeah, I Googled the rules. <laughs> On my flight down, I was like reading the handbook of like what's what's good, what's not good. Yeah. Um, when I went, they had me as like a pivot, which is like someone that just kind of stands um, on offense, like right in the middle in front of the goal, kind of, they move around. And it's just the type of position where like, once you get the ball, you're not trying to like set it up and throw, like you're just trying to grab it and find the goal and throw. And so they were like, be aggressive with that. You seem aggressive. Like you, you look like a tank. So just get in there, be aggressive, have, fight off people, throw the ball. Um, and then the other spot that they had me in was goalie, which I liked more. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, you can read a hitter and kind of guess where they're going to go. Um, and that one was intense. Cause they can, you know, just like your serve or whatever, like you can jump and then land in the area that you're not supposed to step into. So people will fly in. So I, maybe they're starting off 15 feet away. And then by the time they're actually throwing it, they're like five feet away. So that was pretty crazy. Um, one ball like hit the crossbar and like got me in the head. And, and it's a kind of a hard ball. But I was like, I, I like this. I like goalie. I don't want to be in defense. I don't play any contact sports. So I think goalie yeah. is probably best for me. Did you have gloves as a goalie? No, no gloves. There's no gloves. There's no head protection. There's no eye protection. Uh, I guess like some people wear like a mouth guard, but that's like when they're in the trenches. Um, And like you try to do like a kick with your hand and your arm to try to take away like space. So Mm -hmm. you're doing like high kicks as like a warm up. How big is the ball? Um, It's a little bit small. So it's like this big. So it's like way smaller than a soccer ball, but it's like you can grip it with all five of your fingers. 
and they use stick'em, which is like illegal in every other sport. But in handball, it's like highly needed. Oh, man. So when you throw it, you can't throw like at the contact point here. You have to let go of it behind your head. So by the time all the stick'em comes off your hand, you're letting go of it out in front of you, um, which was weird for me. So I didn't put any on my hand because all 10 or 11 other people are putting it on. Then it was just enough to be too much. <laughs> um so I apologize that I, I didn't realize you won two CIF Section 10 championships. That's okay. That's okay. One to one. Um, but I remember watching you play badminton, too. Badminton, you really gravitated towards, and you ended up being the number one mm-hmm. at some point during your high school. Yeah, career. I was yeah. Um, number one after my freshman year because I won the Valley title my freshman year, and I also won the Clovis North. But I don't know if they still have it, but Clovis North used to have like a – early season tournament. Um, I won that early in the season and then I won Valley. And so my coach was like, I, you can't be the number two anymore. Like you obviously are number one. Um, and then that senior graduated. So I was the number one then for the rest of my time at Bullard. And I continued to win that preseason Clovis North tournament and Valley. So I was a four time Valley champion. There you go. <laughs> I, re- I remember one time I there was a home one. I'm like, oh, I got time. I'll go watch badminton. So I asked her, I said, what time are you playing at? Three o'clock. I said, okay, be there at three. I get there at like 3.05. All right, when's the match starting? It, I wasn't exaggerating. I was literally like five minutes after the start time. And she had already won. I missed the match. It went that fast. So I'm like, all right, well. Just quick reactions. Yeah, badminton also was a sport that no one knew how to play. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was a quick one. What do you think about, um, so being a multi-sport athlete, what were all these great things that you learned that you kind of catapulted into volleyball? Mm-hmm. How do you think that helped you as an athlete? Besides, we know that you're uber competitive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think playing tennis first, um, an individual sport where it's all on you, um, I think helped me be mentally strong, um, in, in knowing what I need to fix and that it's all in mean, the whole weight of the game, right. Is on me. There's no one else to blame. You can't look at someone and be like, well, I played my best game. You, you got to step it up. It was just you. Um, And you're thinking three strokes ahead to try to plan out your point to win. Um, And so then when I got into volleyball, I love the camaraderie and how loud it is. Like, it's organized chaos. And so that drew me in really quick. And I'm like, whoa, like, there's so many people on the court. You're with all your friends, right? Tennis, the most you can have is, like, doubles. And still, it's only two of you, and it's quiet and whatever. Um, And then 12s, so I started playing volleyball in sixth grade. Um, Tryouts, again, I'd only played, like, elementary school where they have, I don't know if they still do this, but they had nine people on the court and you would like snake through. I, I, let's hope that that is no longer. Existence. No, it's, it's not elementary, but it is on grass now. And oh, ours was if, always on grass. And if they get three touches, they get three points. Oh, we need to X nay that. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. Away. yeah. yeah it's, it's So we had nine and um, it was on grass because we didn't have an indoor gym and kind of honestly, no one really had an indoor gym. It was mm-hmm. just for basketball. Right. And, uh, so I was playing that, and I was like, well, this is fun. And I got to club because my friend was like, oh, I play club. You should play club. And so the mom started talking. My mom's like, yeah, if you want to do it, let's try it. And I'm at tryouts, and one dude, uh, Rick Rio Frio, for those that know, he was like, you, come set. 
was like, me? I was like, and I went up to him, I was like, I don't know how to set. He's like, you're just going to have your hands above your head and you're just going to throw it out to the outside. I was like, okay. And because I was wanted to do it right, after every set, I'd look at him and be like, like that? He'd be like, yeah, just keep setting. I'll let you know. And I'd be like, no, but like that. He's like, just keep, you're doing great. Yeah, kid, you're fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then it's 12s, made the team, super excited. And he's like, you're going to be our setter. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Sure. What does that entail? Whatever. And so you're learning rotations, which are super hard. I'm learning all these different sets. Uh, but apparently he knew what he was doing because I was always mainly a setter at every team I was on. You know, occasionally I'd have to like run a 6-2 and hit when I'd get to the front row. But I was mainly always a setter. Um, and I think being a tennis player with the being mentally strong and having to kind of feel the weight of the match on you. Um, I'm not saying the whole weight of the match should be on the setter, but there is a lot of burden that a setter takes in trying to keep everyone calm and keep the confidence of their team throughout a match. And so I felt totally ready for that. I was like, I want the responsibility. Like, I want you guys to lean on me. I want to be the person that you guys are looking to for answers on trying to score or win or whatever. Um, and just like tennis, like volleyball, you got to set up the play a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I got to set this person, get them involved. Now the block's out there. I'm going to throw it back to this person. They got one up or no one, and they can score there. So um, I, I attribute tennis so much to my success in volleyball. Um, they're both agile. They're both quick. It's quick twitch. Um, and again, you're playing with your friends in volleyball, and that was just like the cream of the crop. So You think a lot of like footwork pattern um, from tennis and badminton kind of carried over a little bit to volleyball and you're for sure yeah for sure yeah um you're just on your toes the whole time you're having to pivot and you're having to turn on a dime and so all of that I was just constantly cross training all year <laughs> with my sports <laughs> and then uh, you gravitated fortunately for mm -hmm. for me as your high school coach uh, that you had just a little bit a little bit more love for volleyball yeah, yeah I realized I needed a team it was fun to yeah. hang out and get hyped and have these road trips where you're getting wild and crazy with your teammates and having so much fun. Whereas when I'd go to tennis tournaments, it's like my parents and I, and like, you know, they're not trying to get hyped. They're just trying to enjoy a car ride, you know, and I'm listening to my iPod and I'm trying to get hyped, but tennis is a hard sport to get like super hyped for. Cause then you got to like bring it down to be focused. And there is such a thing as like being too hyped and now you're kind of jittery and you're kind of doing too much. And then if you're, not at the right level, then you're kind of slow and you're and you're a little lower than where you need to be. So tennis is like a weird, for me at least, I know everyone's a little different. For me, I needed to be in like the right headspace. Volleyball, I wanted to be at 100, as hyped as I can be. Um, and so I realized I liked being at that energy level rather than where I was at tennis. Do you remember uh, the jar of game? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I yeah. like made one, I think, yeah. at, in college. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So you got this story has to be told. Come on. You got to tell the jar. Of so it was fantastic. So ropes came in my sophomore <laughs> year. Um, and it was basically the varsity team at that point was basically the same one that we had my freshman year. We just had a new coach. And so we're getting to know her. She's getting to know us. And ropes always had these like quips and sayings. And we loved them. I mean, I, like I said, we're still, I'm still using them to this day. But she was like, make sure you pack your game. And we were like, pack our game? We're like, our game shoes? Like, our game, are you not finishing the sentence? She's like, no, you got to pack your game. You always got to have a little bit in your pocket. And we're like, okay. So we took it literally, and uh, Azari Badawi, who was a senior at that point, took mineral ice and took off all the labels and wrote game and was like, warning, we'll cause, like, 
higher vertical, harder hits, like <laughs> loud voice, hyped, whatever. And so we would run out and do our little run out, you know, to whatever song, go around the court, and then we'd get to the middle, and she would open up this empty mineral ice that was game. <laughs> and she, and again, the song's on, so she's dancing around, and we're all wait, we're all circling around, waiting for it. And she opens it, puts it in the middle, and you had to take a huge glob. And you had to put it on your arms because you're trying to get aces and harder hits. And you got to put it on your calves because you're trying to jump higher. And uh, that game traveled with us all year long. And so someone would be like, man, I'm feeling like I feel a little sore. And we'd be like, no, no, no. Like, they'll put some game on it and you'll be totally fine. And so we were like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And so we'd scoop and put it on and be like, I feel better now. And it, it was just there was no, the best thing. part. It was imaginary because there was nothing in it. But then we ended up having you guys ended up doing a little hand sanitizer. Yeah, they're portable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that we everybody had to have a, the first time they did that. Were you like, what are they doing in the genius. middle of the court? Oh, God. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> did you have to ask what they were doing? I, at first, I didn't know. I mean, they were going <laughs> side to side and rubbing their shoulders and arms and like what you dance but i i don't know who decided who came up with the jar uh, i mean i know she had it. i mean she, i mean she, I, someone's gotta take i think it was one that. of those things where like we were probably all talking about it, like wouldn't yeah. it be so funny if we had or we should probably and then azara's like yeah sure and then she just showed up and was like look guys i have game <laughs> we're like yes we're gonna put that on and then we're talking about like how do we do it how should we put it on and that was the way that we decided to put it on it's like everyone Get get some, get some. Be like, you didn't get enough. You're like, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'll put up, I'll put more on. Yeah, yeah, that was good. So we always had our game. Azari, who went to Tulane, mm -hmm. played at Tulane. She was a great player too. I wonder too. I was thinking as you know, we this day and time. If you were playing ten years later, do you think you would play beach volleyball as a spring sport? Being a doubles. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's just man, that sand is so tough. Yeah. That sand is so tough, um, but your skill sets uh, gear towards it, you know, in terms of your setting, your passing, your attacking. Yeah, um, yeah. I think beach. if uh, if I I'd had to, I just have to work on my vertical. I mean, even when I was younger, my vert was never like amazing, and so um, I would have had to do something more, I guess, to make that a little better in order for me to be successful at beach. I think that I think that would have been my one down, my one. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I think I would have played beach. It's growing. So yeah, it we'll is. See how it goes. Two, uh, give yourself two months. You would have your sand legs. You'd yeah, be fine. yeah, yeah. I think you'd just be so competitive that you would just cut around people. I'd be the, I'd be the shot queen. Yeah, you, it, when it, you would not even swing. It's like, okay, you're there. Yeah, nope, yeah. I'm going over here. Yeah. So what? Uh, what has? And now that you're in Michigan and you went to school in Illinois. Um, Growing up in the Central Valley in our volleyball community, what was what was your experience? I, I know that you're proud. You're wearing your Fresno T-shirt today. Yeah. There's there's no life like the no life. I love it. Um, you know, any great memories of of the volleyball community um, in our Central Valley? Yeah, I I love how intertwined everyone is. Um, so even though you have like your rivals and you know your your big games. You're, you're still playing against your friends and, and you all know each other. There's like two degrees of separation from everybody um, because you're either playing together in club or you've just played against each other for so long that now that there's like a mutual respect whenever that rival game comes. Um, and I also appreciated the diversity. Um, so when I'd go from playing high school to club 
there was always a little bit of a switch, but I was always constantly learning about like people and their lives of like going to that school or living in a different part of the town, um, what they do for fun. And so I always thought that was fun. Like in tryouts, um, you start looking at new faces and I would get excited that I would start knowing like my, my group would start to expand. Um, and I think that totally helped me when I went, you know, to the Midwest. Um, I just felt like they were also the same. Like it's like that Midwest hospitality. And so I feel like it was the same here volleyball wise. Like everyone was very together no matter what. Why, uh, why Northern Illinois? Why was that the, the college university Bro, of I choice? Don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If you were to ask young Pook, she's at a beach surfing yeah. it up. Right. Um, but Marine biology major. Yeah, also I wanted to be. I asked NIU if they had that. I was like, <laughs> just want to double check. You don't have this. And they looked at me like, no. obviously not. And I was like, just wanted to make sure. Because there's a lot of lakes and ponds. I'll do some freshwater stuff, even though I know marine is ocean. But you know, wanted to really make sure. Um, yeah. So I, it was my senior year of club, and I hadn't been recruited yet. I had some one-off conversations with schools, or you know, they'd kind of follow up and then kind of die off. Um, and while that was frustrating, I knew that I was getting one step closer to the school I was supposed to be at. Um, I'm like a major firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So, um, and, and I'm thankful for my parents because they were also super positive. They were like, that's okay. It's going to work out. Like they were never freaking out. Like you need to make a decision. This is getting too close. So they were relaxing. So I was like, oh, well, if you're relaxing, I'm relaxing then. So um, going to tournaments, I'm sending like 50 to 75 emails to a bunch of schools. Like, Hey, I'm at this court. Come watch me. And it's now whenever the Anaheim qualifier is, what's that like March, April? Yeah. yeah. The end of March, maybe. The end of April. So it's yeah. March or April of my senior year. Right. Which for most people would be like panic mode. And I'm still like, you know, I graduate in June, but I'm like, no, nah, it's going to work out. We're good. And we're at Anaheim and I get a card from my coach. That's like, Hey, and you really liked you. And I was like, what's NIU? They're like, it's a, it's a D1 in Illinois. And I was like, doesn't it snow in Illinois? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, already no. Like, already that's a strike against them. But I'll call them. We'll see. And actually, the head coach and I had a great conversation. He was a really cool dude, uh, Ray Gooden. And he, you know, most of the times when we talk, we talk about volleyball. Like, what kind of what kind of offense you like to run? Or what's your favorite set? Things like that. But then a lot of it was just... He's a DJ, so it was a lot about, like, music and how I got my music influences and why and life and stuff. And so we'd had a couple conversations, and it, the conversations would just flow. I never really felt nervous talking to him. Um, it was just very comfortable. And so they were like, we'd love to have you, like, on an official visit. And at this point now, I also was talking to Cal State LA. And so um, Cal State LA, when they heard I was going on a visit with NIU, they bumped up their visit because they were like, we're nervous because D1, when people see D1, they want to go D1. And for me, I, I wanted to play at the highest level, so she was correct, right? D1 would be, for me, the highest level. So I went and I did a practice with Cal State LA. Their campus was awesome, um, and the practice was fun. Then I went to NIU. I flew out on a Wednesday, had my um, visit on that Thursday. And actually, funny story about that is I – Got in late Wednesday night, so now I have a little bit of jet lag, and it's a two-hour difference um, from here to Illinois. And I had to wake up at 5.30 to watch a 6 a.m. lift. And so that's 3.30 our time. And so at this point, too, um, Ray was getting new assistants, so it was just him running the visit and also running practice and also trying to do all these other things. And so 
for breakfast, he like went to Starbucks and just got me like a scone or something. He was like, here's breakfast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. Went to watch a practice. Now it's getting to like 1230, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And he's driving me around and explaining the campus. And as he's talking, I'm falling asleep. And in my head, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're blowing it. So I tried it, and he's like, you good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sorry, I, I'm fine, I'm fine. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yep. And then he starts talking again, and just like, I don't, you know, you're so tired, you just cannot keep your eyes open. And so he looks at me, and he's like, do you need to take a nap? I was like, um, no, no, I'm okay. And he's like, it's really okay. Like, we'll, we'll get you a nap, and then we'll just continue the visit. So we go to the locker room, I take a 45 minute nap, wake up, we continue the visit. And now I've already, I'm like, well, you, you ruined this. Nice job. <laughs> like, no way this is going to work out. And we continue the visit. And finally, we get to his office and we're having a meeting. Like, what did you like? You know, do you see yourself playing here? Blah, blah, blah. And I loved it there. They just won conference the year before. I got along with the girls great. Um, they're, I liked the way their practice was ran. Um, and he was like, yeah, well, we'd like to offer you a full ride. And I was like, Man, y'all must need me really bad right now because I just fell asleep while you were talking to me. And so um, they were like, we need someone in right away. We're trying to look for someone to start right away. And, um, you know, in my head, I'm like, yes, that that is me, please. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I flew back Friday and committed Saturday. And so um, for me, I just I just wanted to go wherever was the best fit for me. And so I was open-minded to go anywhere in the country. Um and that just happened to be the right place for me, and it all worked out. It was yeah, great. Yeah. Years. I, was, I was fortunate you guys came to California to play, so I got to see Oh, God, we always play. played so bad in California. It was always, like, the first tournament of the year, and we still didn't have, like, connections or anything, like, together, or, you know, new people filling spots, and I just always felt bad whenever people would come watch us because I, I always felt uh, a little embarrassed. I was like, I promise we're really good, <laughs> but <laughs> California was always bad for us. What time difference? I guess. I don't know. I don't even know what the excuse was. It just wasn't great. What did, did you see any, uh, what are maybe a couple key things for maybe our high school listeners that you learned from the challenge of high school and then going to a D1 college and competing? The, the speed is definitely something that people notice right away. Um, so going from college to, or sorry, high school to college, that first like preseason or a couple open gyms that we had it's just noticing like how fast people are going and how fast you need to make a decision um and then after that it's just kind of different strategies so in high school you can kind of like move people around a little bit more and maybe have like you know in some rotation like in high school I know I had like a middle run like a outside ball or something and things like that and I tried to do that with one of my middles and she's like why am I hitting on the outside like I'm a middle and I was like uh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. I, I guess that kind of doesn't make sense. So little things like that was like tweet, like tweaking, um, some of like my offensive runs. But other than that, I was just so excited that it was another challenge. Um, and just embracing the challenge that like, it's going to be hard. You're going to fail a lot. Um, but being okay with failing because I know that it's going to help me be better later. Um, and so I loved preseason. I love that you're just like, playing so much volleyball and you're lifting and I just wanted to get in there, you know, and just start doing my thing. And, uh, luckily the coach lets you kind of find your way a little bit. Um, and so, or at least my coach did, I know that's not everyone's story, but for me, he, he knew I wanted to be out there and knew I was competitive. So he kind of let me find my way while also tweaking me here mm -hmm. and there. And so, 
um, I was just excited to to be playing in college. <laughs> growing, growing in your position too. Yeah, the evolution of when you started with Coach Rio Frio mm-hmm. and just throw it out <laughs> to the outside. Yeah, chuck it out there, kid. Yeah, in sixth grade. You know, you mentioned uh, failure. You know, mm-hmm. um, with it, and I think when we talk to athletes too, is they have to embrace that mm-hmm. that it's going to happen. I, maybe I'm not correct, but did you ever leave practice and get in your car and cry because it was a tough day? Yes, yes, that's yes. what I, I often tell. It's like there's going to be those days that you are done with practice and it was horrible, mm-hmm. and you feel horrible about yourself. And you're going to cry in your car. And it's okay, too. 100%. 100%. Yeah, just because I'm failing, right? I don't want to fail. I don't. It's not that yeah. I like failing. <laughs> it's that I know that if I make the change that someone's asked me to make enough times, eventually it is going to click because then I will fail the right way. Mm-hmm. Right now, maybe I'm just failing the wrong way, right? I'm not doing anything anybody's asking me, and that's not helping anyone. So just knowing that eventually it will click and then I'll feel so much better knowing that I kind of had to go through all that to get here. And then I hopefully don't have to fall back to that again. I can then progress from there to move on to whatever the next thing is that I need to get better at. Yeah. Yeah, Having the support system. Yeah. I think those are like the most significant times is when you get to that point. You know, if you're getting out of practice every day and saying, Oh, that's, I did so well today. We really connected. It's like, what are you, you're not learning or growing in any way. So I think that's really a key point that you talked about is failure. You have to go through failure and, and be challenged every single day, whether it's as a player or as a coach, which I'm sure we'll get into of what you're finding as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Kind of like the your coach is purposely making drills that are going to allow, that are going to make you fail, right? Because if they were just giving you easy peasy drills, like no one's getting better at anything. And then you're going to get to the game and teams are trying to demolish you and it's going to be like a whirlwind. So um, knowing that like in practice, it's supposed to be hard. (laughs) Like you're not supposed to win at everything, um, unfortunately. So just being okay with knowing that it's going to be tough, but eventually when you get it with your team, Mm -hmm. you guys can celebrate that. And it's so much fun. Yeah. Which is why volleyball over tennis for me. When you do figure it out, <laughs> you and your whole team can like, oh, guys, we did it. Like, that was so fun. Okay, what's the next thing? Exactly. Yeah. Having that competitive mindset of just keep learning, keep growing. And thank you, everyone, for listening to part one with Pookie Gonzalez, Robes, and I. Check back in next week for part two, where we talk a little bit more about Pookie's experience as an assistant coach, what she looks for as a recruiter, and the ABCA convention and final four matches. We also want to take this time to say we hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and a great weekend. Thank you all for your support. We've had such an awesome time getting to know our guests, watching matches over the past season, and getting to know all of you. We love serving it up for you, and happy holidays. It's the most wonderful time of the With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call.
marshmallows for toasting and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year.